Thank you. Thank you. My gosh, I've got so many things. I feel like a proper preacher with all my bits and pieces. How's everyone doing? It's such a, such a privilege um, to be with you guys. Um, I've been looking forward to coming to, to be with you for a while, just having connected with Emily and Rosie. And uh, just I remember that huddle time when I, when I brought that prophetic word, just God rocked up in quite a powerful way. So I feel very privileged to be here. And I'm just trusting that me and the team, we're going to deposit something. Uh, in the in the life of the church here this morning, and um, so I hope you, are you guys okay with that? If you get deposited with some good stuff <laughs> in your hearts and in the foundation of who you are as a church family, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Just wanted to flag a, a quickly just to let you know I've got my books here uh, to buy if you'd like to get hold of them. Uh, one is about how to do the stuff that Jesus did without being weird. Uh, otherwise known as Naturally Supernatural. Um, and I think there's just a real impartation in this book. I've heard of people who've read it and suddenly been activated in seeing miracles and seeing seeing people come to know Jesus. So that's that. Uh, the other one is about leadership, but it's for everyone. We're all called to influence, we're all called to lead in some capacity. And um, it's all about how I did it wrong um, and did it out of insecurity, but how I've learned to increasingly grow in my security as a daughter and the difference that makes on the people we lead and influence. They're both £8, but if you buy two, you get them for £7 each, and there's a card machine at the end if you'd like them. Right. Okay, let me just pray. Yeah, Father, we just uh, thank you for your presence with us. Um, we, do, we do love it when you come. And, uh, yeah, I, we just pray, Father, this morning, would you come and do what only you can do, um, Father, come speak to us, come set us free, heal our bodies, heal our minds, encourage us, strengthen us. Father, we want to meet with you. We want to meet with you. So come, help me, God, to um, articulate what you've put in my heart. And um, yeah, just trusting you, Jesus, looking to you for incredible things. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to speak to you guys in this meeting about being hungry for the presence of God, prioritizing the presence of God. And uh, I don't know if you can remember the first time you were filled with the Spirit, if you have been baptized in the Spirit. I, for me, it was when I was 19. Um, I, I'm 44 years old now. I know it's shocking. I was waiting for the sharp intake of breath, but... <laughs> You guys were like, oh, yeah, yeah. So a long, a long time ago, when I was 19, I got baptized in the Spirit. I did an Alpha course when I was a student, and I'd been brought up going to church, and, uh, but it, it was a Baptist church, and there was never any mention of the Holy Spirit, and um, never talked about healing, never talked about the prophetic. And uh, I, I knew there was more, and I wanted to encounter something more, but I had been to a few meetings as a young person where the Holy Spirit had come very powerfully, and I'd seen people shake and fall over and laugh. And I, and I thought, you guys are crazy. Like, that's what, what is happening. And I, I grew up feeling pretty scared of the Holy Spirit, knowing that I wanted more of God's presence, but not really understanding um, his role and what he was like. Um, but I did this Alpha course, and we went away for the weekend, uh, the Holy Spirit weekend. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And uh, there was an opportunity on the Saturday night to respond and be baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I was still pretty nervous, to be honest with you. Um, but I'd seen something in the people leading the course that I didn't have. I don't know if you ever see 
Christians around you and you just notice something, you've got something that I don't have. For me, they had a life behind their eyes. There was just a, a sense of being comfortable in their own skin that I just did not have and a love for Jesus that I did not have. And I thought to myself, if what you've got I can have, then I want it. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit is the missing link. And um, anyway, long story short, I stood up at the end of the, the session, put my hands out and just encountered the Holy Spirit in incredible ways. Um, it was very peaceful. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't loud at all. I just remember feeling this warmth flood through my body. And I started to cry because I was overwhelmed that God would meet with me. It was just phenomenal. And uh, I just stood there for ages. I kind of like didn't want to stop just in case he went or something. And it was the most incredible encounter. And since then, I've just grown in my hunger for God's presence. And I've got to a point, I got to a point pretty quickly where I said to the Holy Spirit, I don't care what it looks like when you come, I just want you. Because I used to say, you can come and meet with me like this, but please don't make me do that. <laughs> Anyone ever said that? I don't recommend it. <laughs> okay, it stops God doing what he wants to do. And so I quick, pretty quickly got to a point of saying, God, I don't care what it looks like, what it sounds like. I don't care if I'm, I'm the only one laughing. I don't care if it's noisy. I don't care if it's quiet. I just want your presence. And I have met with him in wonderful ways many times since that moment. And every time he comes, I am changed. Every time. I've known healing. I've known freedom. I've known my heart bound up as he's come and just let me pour out grief. I've known power every time I am changed. And I am hungry for more. I am hungry for more of him. And the truth is every time the Holy Spirit comes, we're changed. When we meet with God, you can't help but be changed, which is why it's so important that we learn to prioritize his presence in our own lives, but also when we gather together as church, that we invite him to come and we say, do whatever you want, God. Because the more we're filled with him, the more we allow him to meet with us and change us and grow us, the more we'll be able to increasingly step into all that he's called us to do. You know, when, you, when you're filled with the spirit and when you operate out of his presence, you go from doing stuff in your own ability to suddenly stepping into a supernatural realm where anything's possible. I don't know about you, but I want that. I don't want to be limited by my own capacity, my own ability. And so I'm hungry for God's presence. I hope you guys are too. I think you are because worship was all about meeting with him. But I just want to encourage us to grow our hunger. The thing is about the Holy Spirit is there's always more for us to encounter. He's God. You know, I say to people sometimes, you know, this whole revelation, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives inside us. You guys know that's true? The same spirit who raised... Like, doesn't that not bright, does that not blow your brain? Like the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. That's crazy. That is amazing. And uh, we should expect incredible things to happen when he fills us and moves in us. So I just want to encourage you to be more hungry. Let's look at Moses. Um, he's a brilliant example to us of what it looks like to be hungry for the presence of God. And we're going to look at Exodus 33. We're going to go around a few different verses. But just to give you the context, Moses has just led the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea, and they are moving towards the promised land. 
Um, but the people of Israel very quickly rebel uh, against God. And so God says to Moses, listen, you're still going to go and inherit the promised land. I'll still, still drive out the enemies before you, but I'm not going to come with you because I might destroy you, but I'll send an angel. Okay? We find it in Exodus 33 verse 2. I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, and other ites. Um, go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. Now, I don't know about you, but I could have been tempted to accept the offer of an angel. Okay? Angels in the scripture, whenever an angel rocked up, it was very powerful. People were fearful of angels. I think if there was an angel leading the procession, they would have been okay. Also, God says, you will still inherit the promise and I will drive out your enemies. It's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. But what we see with Moses is that the prize for Moses was not inheriting the promises or having his enemies dealt with. The prize for Moses was God himself. That for me is provoking. How many of us, for us, the prize is, if I just inherit the promises of God over my life, or if I could just see my enemies dealt with, that would be okay. How many of us would disregard those because we just want him, because we just want his presence? And so Moses seeks God and asks him to change his mind, and God says, okay, I'll change my mind. I will, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. I will personally go with you, and I will give you rest. And so, again, you could think in the story that's enough. Moses has cried out to God. God has said, I will come with you. I've changed my mind. That's it. But we see Moses come to God again and reiterate and re-clarify, are you actually sure you're going to come? This is really important. And in Exodus 33:15 it says, and Then Moses said, If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Wow. Did you get that? Moses has had this incredible revelation the thing that separates, that distinguishes us from anyone else on the planet is your presence. Do you realise that should be true of us too? Is that the cry of your heart? God, we've got to have your presence because when I rock up at work and when I'm hanging out with people who don't yet know you, they should see something different in me and it shouldn't just be that I'm kind or nice or good they should see the presence of God in me. They should see something in me and on me that sets me apart from them, and it should be your presence. The same when it comes to church, when we gather together. I am so hungry for when people come into church, church environments where I am, where I get to be at King's Arms, where I get to travel around, where people come in and realise this is not just like joining a choir. It's not just a social club. Well, then people rock up. They realize there's something different about these people. And it's the presence of God. Because we're seeing people healed. We're seeing people's lives transformed. We're hearing stories of people's situations turned around because God has broken in in power. You guys long for that? 
I long for that. And I tell you, I've seen some amazing things, but I haven't seen anything yet. There's always more for us to see. I heard a story from a friend of mine who recently had gone back to school. I'll read it to you, actually, because she says it best. She said, I've recently started a new job in a school. Today I was intentional in inviting the Holy Spirit to come and fill the room in which I work. I was able to have a few quiet moments of worship whilst going about my jobs. I've also been mindful of some pastoral and behavioural needs in the school. have been praying for God's kingdom to come and the atmosphere to change. Later on today, a couple of teachers came into my room and remarked how peaceful it felt in there. And at the end of the day, I overheard some teachers remarking how surprised they were that a certain behavioural issue was not an issue, not an issue at all that afternoon during the class. Isn't that amazing? What's the difference? Is she a good teacher? Yeah, she's a good teacher. Is she kind? Yeah, she's kind. Is she a good person? Yeah, she's a really good person. But what she needed, what the, the difference was, the Spirit of God was invited. Holy Spirit was at work in her classroom with the pastoral issues. And when you invite him to be at work, anything's possible. So, God tells Moses again, listen, chill out my paraphrase, I will come with you. I'm going to come with you. I will be with you and I will give you rest. And again, could be the end of the story. It could be like, okay, Moses, okay, good. Thank you, God. You're going to come with us. But we see just this hunger pour out of Moses' heart because then he says, now, God, show me your glory. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, God, show me your glory. What I love about this is that it teaches us that Moses isn't hungry for God's presence, primarily for the stuff he's going to do for him. Moses is hungry for God's presence because he loves God. <laughs> God, show me your glory. And sometimes we can be hungry for the presence of God because what the presence of God does in us and through us. But I want to encourage us to prioritise his presence and be hungry for him because you love him. Because when he comes, you get to meet with the one you love. <laughs> Everything else is a bonus. But we want to be hungry for him because we want to know him. We want to see him. We want to understand who he is and what his heart is like because that changes us. How are we doing at prioritising God's presence? in our own lives and as we gather together. Now, what we see of Moses in this scripture actually points us to Jesus. It's like a prophetic example of what is to come because Moses sees the people of Israel rescued out of slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea into freedom, but it points to Jesus and a much better rescue. So when Jesus comes, he, through the cross, makes it possible for all of us who are slaves to sin to come to him, to walk out of slavery into freedom, into relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's a bigger and better rescue. And Moses teaches us what it looks like to prioritise God's presence, and Jesus reinforces that. Jesus reinforces the importance of us having relationship with the Holy Spirit, because just before he goes back to heaven, in Acts chapter 1, he says to his disciples, "'Do not leave Jerusalem.'" until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptised with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptised by the Holy Spirit. It was really important for Jesus that his disciples waited to be baptised with the Holy Spirit. 
Moses teaches us, we see from Moses, don't send us unless you come with us. Don't send us anywhere unless you come with us. From Jesus we learn, don't go anywhere until you've been baptised with the Spirit. Jesus, it was really important to him that his disciples were filled with the presence of God, filled with the Holy Spirit before they did anything because it was the Holy Spirit who would empower them to do all the stuff they were called to do. In fact, in Acts 1.8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. You know, for me, I mean, this is a silly example, really, but the Holy Spirit is like the fuel in an engine when you're driving. He's the one who empowers us. He's the one who shows us the Father. He's the one who changes us. He's the one who heals us. He's the one who gives us all the fuel we need to be all that God's called us to be and to enjoy God. Sometimes when, you know, if you're driving and your red flash of light comes on, you wouldn't just carry on driving your car, would you? Hopefully you'd try and find some petrol when, when we're able to get petrol, which few now it seems to be sorted out. But the Spirit, the Spirit of God is the one who enables us to relate to God and to be all that we're called to be. He heals our hearts. He sets us free. He sets us up in our relationship with Jesus. It's so important that we don't do anything until we're filled with the Spirit. And there's always more for us to enjoy. Listen, let me just share couple of fun stories with you. This is the kind of stuff I'm longing to see more and more because I'm prioritizing God's presence. I had a I was in a, I was on a call a while back on Zoom and um I'd felt earlier in the day God had reminded me that I need to keep praying for cancer to be healed and I'd kind of stopped doing that and I know God's called me to see cancer healed. And so on this call I thought to myself, I'm going to pray for anyone who's got cancer. I didn't know if anyone did have Anyway, the call went through, had a lovely time, and I completely forgot to pray for or to see if anyone had cancer to pray for. And at the end, I'd gathered my, my team on a little Zoom call, and one of the ladies said, oh, I knew someone who joined who had cancer. And I was like, oh, no, I totally forgot to do what I felt like God encouraged me to do, and I felt a bit frustrated, but we prayed together for this lady, and that was that. Anyway, a couple of days later, I received a, an email from this lady she said, hi, Wendy, I'm doing this course, and on Thursday night I was feeling extremely unwell as I have cancer, and my health situation can be very difficult. I had been very ill for a few days, and on Thursday I felt completely uninspired to come onto the Zoom, feeling nothing was going to connect with me. I came on late, so I don't know what was happening, but as soon as I heard your voice, I was completely impacted by the Holy Spirit. Whew. I just felt at peace, rested, and a physical change happened. By the end of your session, I was markedly better, and by Friday morning, I was eating again and up and out of bed. Isn't that amazing? He's, he, he does what we cannot do. Our job is to say, come Holy Spirit, I, I want you. I want, I want your presence because I love you and I love the Father and I love Jesus and I want to know you more. And then stuff just starts to happen because he's at work. We step into a completely different realm. Um, another quick story. I, um, I used to lead the youth work at the King's Arms many years ago now and I haven't been in touch with some of the young people for maybe 15 years. 
There's one, one lass who I haven't been in touch with for ages. She's walked away from the Lord, but I saw on Facebook that her mum had very suddenly died. And uh, uh, they'd put a bench to commemorate her mum by the river where I often walk. So I was down there one day and I just had the thought pop into my head. Go and sit on the bench, find the bench, sit on it and pray. And often when the Holy Spirit prompts me to do stuff, it's just like my own thought. So I went and sat on the bench and I prayed and I sent this girl a message and said, hey, I'm just, I've just found your mama's bench. I'm just praying for you. I hope you're okay. And the same day she messaged back. Bear in mind, I've not seen her for 15 years or been in touch with her. She said, thank you so much for your message. It was so lovely to hear from you. She said, you came to me in a dream this week. <laughs> what? You came to me in a dream this week and you said something about a mother's love being like a blanket, but God's love being like a duvet. I did. <laughs> I didn't realize I was in bed. I tell you what, it's amazing. What's going on? I'm stepping into a realm that's nothing of nothing to do with my making. But it's because I'm saying, Holy Spirit, come, fill me, use me. God, do what only you can do. And we get to see stuff like that. So I want to pray for us. We're going we're gonna to have a chunk of ministry. I think the way that we prioritize God's presence is we have to leave space for him. You know, he can do whatever very quickly, but my experience, he likes time. He's not in a rush. Often we are too in a rush to prioritize his presence. And uh, I'm realizing more and more that if all you get this morning is me, that is going to be very sad. You need him. He's the one who's going to change you. And so we're going to do a chunk of ministry, and I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to be led by the Spirit in it. And uh, I think God's going to come and do all sorts of different things. He's going to heal some of you. He's going to bring some healing into some of your hearts. He's going to change some situations. But he's most of all just going to reveal Jesus to us, because that's what he loves to do. Uh, just before I start to pray, I just want to... Uh, do a quick illustration. Ben, can you come up here? And Emily, can you go down there? Just on the stage here. At the, yeah. So listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, just go a bit further away. Yeah. When the Holy Spirit comes, it can look like a, a whole load of different things. And it's really important that we are open to however he wants to come. Okay, so you've got a whole spectrum. And at this end of the spectrum, the Holy Spirit comes like a dove. You know the Holy Spirit comes like a dove at Jesus' baptism. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes, it's very peaceful it's deep, it's profound, there's just gentle tears, people are contemplative, it's, it's just, it's like a dove, okay? The other end of the spectrum, sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes like fire and like wind, like at Pentecost, and it was loud, and everyone heard it, and everyone knew about it, and it can be full of joy, weeping, shouting, shaking, okay? This is the spectrum. When we invite the Holy Spirit to come, whenever the Holy Spirit comes, we need to be very careful of not judging people. It would be very easy for Emily to look down at Ben and be like, oh, bless him. It's just a, just a, just a, he's a little bit uptight. He needs a bit of freedom. I wish he was a bit more free because he could really enjoy God's presence like me. Bless him, Lord. Help him to get a bit more free. And if you're at Ben's end of the spectrum, you can look down that end and say, nutter. 
oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not like that. They're just wanting attention. It's just emotionalism. I wish someone would tell them to be quiet. They are disturbing my peaceful moment with the Lord. The challenge is most of us aren't at the extremes. Most of us are in the middle. We're much more balanced. So we get to judge both ends. <laughs> we get to say, God, I'm so grateful that I'm not that uptight, but thank you for not making me that weird. <laughs> Anyone relate? Listen, if you judge... Thanks, guys. Thanks. If you judge what God is doing in someone else it will shut your heart off for what he wants to do in you. We mustn't judge what God is doing. And just as a little provocation to add in as we come into a land and pray, in my experience, we are much more comfortable with the dove than we are with the fire, and it concerns me. Because we need it all. And my encouragement to you is, if you are only ever experiencing the Holy Spirit like a dove, pray for the fire of God to meet with you. If you only ever experience him like the fire, pray for the dove. Because we need all of it. Because when he comes, amazing stuff happens. Let's stand.